Hello, it's Sky. Before we get started, I do want to put a trigger warning out there. The content that we are going to be talking about may be disturbing to some viewers, especially those of you who have had an abusive past. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Now, let's get on with the show and please enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Enough, the podcast where we talk about overcoming abuse and trauma. Cue music and warning. <laughs> the music uh, is before that. <laughs> it came after, yeah. I know. Did I do that? Did I do that? Welcome um, back, y'all. It's been a while. So we're, we're, when I say we're excited, I mainly mean Sarah is like off the walls right now excited. I can't, I don't know how it happens every time. I'm even stuttering. Look at me. I'm like, a, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm swooning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, swoon. <laughs> it's so dreamy. Having and Tess a is just like, how did I get like paired with these two? <laughs> I wasn't going to say we, anything. We, but... You're not denying it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> So today's topic, we wanted to talk about something especially particular to Sky, which is transitioning and the struggles of transitioning in an abusive household. So Sky, please tell us your story. Oh, Lord. Okay. So I'm going to give a little bit more of a apt introduction. Um, so for those of you who are listening that don't know, um, I am a trans woman. I've been on HRT for almost seven years. As of November 21st, it'll be seven years. I've been full-time for six and a half. Uh, name, gender marker changed, all that. Um, and being trans is hard enough in itself, and especially growing up in an abusive um, household. So I remember when I knew that I was trans. I remember I was eight years old. I was watching Oprah um, with my dad, actually. And there was an episode with this older trans woman on it um, who was talking about her transition and whatnot and it was showing, like, before and after and all this stuff. And uh, You got to remember, like, this, you know, this, is, this was back in, you know, 99, 1999. So mm -hmm. being trans was more of a gag back then. Uh, luckily, this Oprah episode wasn't that way, but you'd always have, like, Jerry Springer episodes, you know, well, I'm really a man, that sort of bullshit. And so I remember, it's it's one of the few things I remember from that age. Uh, that evening, I was in the pool with my mom, and I told her, I said, Mom, I think I'm a girl. And she kind of laughed and blew it off. But I, I said again, I was like, no, 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 no. I was watching this with dad today and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm trans. I'm, I'm a girl. And she's like, oh, sweetheart, you're, you're too handsome to be a girl. And that was that. That was the end of it. There was nothing else to talk about. A couple of years go by. I start to try and like sneak into the bathroom, you know, try on makeup here and there and they wanted me to stop so 
first they like both my parents tried doing the whole well god made you the way you are and right. that's that really sucked because uh, you're like but i am the way i am i'm telling you well they their whole thing was god made you a boy you need to stay a boy it was hard um you know it was it was a very con- conservative christian household like you weren't allowed to say any curse words even crap was a curse word simpsons oh. was a banned show cuz it was evil oh harry potter was witchcraft i mean it was no it was they really didn't let you read harry potter yeah i didn't like it anyway but oh. um they finally got to the point where we're like well we're going to take you to therapist and i was like i bet Let's do this. Well, they took me to a Christian therapist who tried to say, well, people become trans because of traumatic things that happened to them. Which, looking back on it, it's like, the fuck are you smoking, dude? <laughs> um, he just smoking ended Jesus. up... Yeah, like, he just ended up unlocking some more traumatic memories from mm. before the age of eight. So, I mean, hey, achievement unlocked. You didn't do your fucking job. So, I told my parents, I don't want to go back to him. They got me into another therapist. I don't remember any of those sessions at all. I know they went throughout high school, and that's about it. Coming into high school, so I was homeschooled up until seventh grade. Seventh grade was my very first year in a public school. And coming into high school, going through puberty, I remember right before puberty had hit, I was begging my mom to get me hormone blockers mm-hmm. because I was seeing what had happened to my older brother, you know, and I was like, I don't want to go through that. At least get me on blockers. And that way, if I don't want to transition later, that's fine. Yeah. I can just, that's you reasonable. know. Nope. Nope. I thought I almost got through her to one, you know, one time, but no, no, she wanted me to, to, uh, to be a man of God. That was her thing to provide a family. and you know, marry somebody and all that stuff. So in high school, I started bouncing back and forth between hyper-masculinity. Like, I was a douche. Hat backwards. You know, the wife beater, the cargo shorts, lanyard out. You know, the pickup, the aviators. I was that kid. Uh, Yeah, but aviators are cool either way. Uh, they are, but when it's you know when it's paired with a douchey outfit, and and I was a douche. I had that yeah that hyper masculine ego. Um, you know, I lifted weights, and mm-hmm. I remember I had this little chest full of makeup and full of um like just random feminine stuff, like in your room. Mm-hmm. Was it like and hidden? yeah. I, I would hide it, and then every few months I'd have this period of no, I'm not a girl, mom. You know, I'm not supposed to be. This is stupid. And I'd go and uh, we had a barn, you know, on the back half of the acre, and I'd go out there and and buried under a bunch of shit, and a week later go straight back to it, you know. And, um, and that went on like throughout since you were eight, or just mostly through high school. After puberty kind of thing. That was mainly throughout high school. 
my dad, which my dad has changed a lot before he was very against it. He's Cuban. Um, so FYI, I'm, I'm, I'm adopted. This is my adopted family. And my dad, he's Cuban, and Cubans tend to be very proud of their last names. And he didn't want me to dirty our last name by transitioning. Is that how he said it to you? Mm-hmm. He was also very much a church-going man. He's completely done a 180. He's left the church. He's left Christianity. He's He was the first one to introduce me as his daughter. Oh, my like, God. It, it was so sweet. But I remember bringing it up one night to my mom. I, I did civil air patrol. We do weekly meetings. You know, it's like an auxiliary civilian air force thing for like teenagers, you know, kind of like the air force, um, ROTC type of thing. And I remember we were on our way home from a meeting and I brought it back up to my mom. And I very clearly remember her saying, I am seriously concerned that you are possessed by demons. She was so against it that she would rather me be possessed by quote-unquote demons you know it it was it was definitely hard um i remember i had gotten suicidal really suicidal there for a while and i told her i said you know i i don't know if i can live like this like wouldn't you rather have like a live daughter than a dead son and her only response was, well, if you do do it, it's not on me. It's not my fault. So whatever. Do what you want to. And that was it. I mean, if she could just be like, do what you want to when you asked for hormone blockers, then maybe it wouldn't be on her so much. Her whole thing was she washed her hands of it. It's not my fault. Do what you want. She didn't care. You know, I wasn't the, the man of God that she wanted. Um, and so once I had graduated and I'd gotten out of that house, I kind of started exploring my gender a little bit more and my sexuality and, um, you know, letting go of some of that masculinity, not all of it. It wasn't until I was like 22, damn near 23 that I finally went, I need to get on hormones and, you know, Mm -hmm. started transitioning. And even then she didn't want to accept it until I threatened to remove my oldest son from her life you know i said i i don't want you in dakota's life if you're going to be hateful and unaccepting and all of a sudden her tune changed yeah she still misgenders me she still dead names me sometimes and refuses her apology is well you just have to understand it's just so hard bitch fuck you so yeah it's uh it's it's been a hell of a ride so you were saying you then transitioned around 22 23 yeah so 2013 is late 2013 is when i started hormones okay so between graduating high school and then what was that like exploring it especially after leaving that house like how did what their thoughts and their projections onto you 
How did you break past that to free yourself and explore what you felt to be right and normal and you? I didn't really. And I still haven't really moved past much of that. Mm -hmm. It just got to the point where it was, if I don't do something now, this is going to kill me. Yeah. It was literally a life or death. And I mean, that's one of the things I I wish a lot of these people who get onto those of us who are trans, I wish they could understand that. Like we transition because it is a life or death thing. Like we don't, I don't want this. I literally, I wish I was not like this having to spend thousands of dollars a year in pharmaceuticals and trying to save up for a surgery just to try and feel right in my body and, and therapy and all that. And, you know, uh, we are at a higher percentage of or higher chance of being killed. You know, like we don't want this. I wish that's one thing my mom would have understood, but it's a life or death thing. And that's what it was for me, especially between that time, because like I drank as soon as I moved out of my parents' house, I spent the next year perpetually drunk. Like just every night, 40 bombs, 18 packs, hard liquor, didn't matter. You know, there was one, one night where a friend of mine and I, we, we destroyed like an 18 pack, two, six packs of mics, a bottle of wine, multiple shots. Like it was bad. The exploring the sexuality part, I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of rescind what I said earlier, part of it. I did move past the sexuality part. That's one of the things that I was able to move past fairly easily. And that was just a, I am who I am. And that's, you know, that uh, way, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. Like I started exploring my sexuality. I actually came out as a bi um, male at first to try and like sate my feelings of not feeling right, you know, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so that was before. Or you got on hormones, you were like, oh, I'm, yep. I'm bi, guys. Yep. You know, and I, I had a couple flings with, you know, guys and just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I, I remember the day, it was early November of 13. Um, I was working for a company, I was doing local deliveries in like a little cargo van. And I just remember sitting there going, something has to change. I cannot keep doing this. I'm not going to make it another year. And so I called my doctor's office right then and there and surprised myself. I find out that getting on hormones is actually 10 times easier than I made it. Because I overthink. Yeah, well, I mean, your parents never made it like a viable option for you so i'm sure that you veered away from it too yeah so so it's easy so it's easy to get on hormones i mean that's something good to know for anyone that Um, is stuck in a household or it it depends what state you're in so we're and you were in ohio no no so i'm from washington originally okay I'm from Eastern Washington, born and raised in Spokane. 
Um, so they're pretty progressive, huh? Well, yeah, the uh, group health, which was my doctor's office, they they were pretty good. So what I what I'd recommend for a lot of people, um, if anybody listens to this that is questioning their gender and wants to you know get on hormones, look up um, informed consent clinics in your state or the next state over. Informed consent allows you to get hormones fairly easily. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but um, I had to go through a gender therapist for three months. And the therapist, it's its state law, I guess. They what's have to that like? Shitty. Like, My therapist what, what... was awesome. She was like, you know, I don't need to tell you if you're trans. You already know. But yeah, essentially it was... We need to make sure that you are okay with being trans. You know what transition is going to be like. It's micromanaging. It's trying to control your body or like other people's bodies. That's what the government likes to do because they don't agree with trans people. They don't think trans people should should exist. So they, you know, they put all of this stuff in the way. So. It's, I mean, someone like I, who hasn't gone through it, or someone who has to go through it, this is really interesting to learn about it process, especially when in our country, you can go to the doctor's office and say, I have back pain and not have any back pain and get a prescription for painkillers. But you can't go to your doctor and say, I'm transgender. Can I have some medicine? What really sucks is a lot of people Let's say either of you are dissatisfied with your chest size. You want bigger breasts. You can go to a plastic surgeon and you don't need a letter. You don't need anything. You can just go in and pay the money. We need letters from psychiatrists. And and if a psychiatrist doesn't clear us, guess what? We're not getting it. And you know how dysphoric it is for some girls who have almost no chest at all? Why do we have to have that clearance? Why? Because we might make a mistake? Fuck you, it's our bodies. So what if we do? Yeah, it's not like it's irreversible. Even vasectomies are reversible. <laughs> and you don't need a letter for those. Yeah, it is it is amazing uh, how involved the government is in it. I really didn't realize it. Um, and I'm re- it's really enlightening to hear because it it does it's sounds wrong it's wrong it is wrong yeah and the other thing too that the government doesn't help with as much which they try you know they say they try and be progressive but it's actually also the main topic of today's episode transphobia they don't help a lot with that and transphobia is a very real, very dangerous thing for those of us who are trans. Um, in multiple states, it is legal if somebody, let's say I went on a date with a guy, he finds out that I'm trans and he kills me. It would be legal for him here in Ohio to state that he panicked because he found out that I was trans. And that would be his defense. And they would let him off the hook. Is there, there's like reported cases of stuff like that happening where people really get away with that because of it? Yep. Oh my 
God. Trans panic defense. Wow, it is an no actual idea. thing. So it is illegal in Washington, California, Nevada, Colorado, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Maryland. That's it. Everywhere else, it's legal. Shit. I have to look into that because I'm like a murderino, which is a name for people who listen to this podcast about murders because we're weird and like to know about murders. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really haven't heard any of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's... shit, stay safe out there. And, you know, and that really doesn't, hell, <laughs> that doesn't help the hate. Like, I mean, so of questions I can't formulate about this. Um, I have a comment slash question, I guess. Um, I guess, I mean, kind of on on this portion of our discussion topic today but so i mean just listening to you talk sky it seems like just a lot of people in your life have wanted to assert control over your identity yep um obviously your mother or abusive mother and the government <laughs> um I guess how how do you feel that has impacted you overall in being able to develop your identity knowing that so many people just have wanted to assert control over you and who you are allowed to be um it made me finding my identity harder and Okay, I think it's a multi-pronged answer because, yeah. like, a lot of people think that being trans, like, I transitioned, I took hormones, I have breasts now, I go by, you know, this name and these pronouns, I should be happy. No, it's a lot more complicated than that. Even after my mom, quote-unquote, accepted me, she still tried to assert that I had to be hyper-feminine. If I wasn't wearing makeup right or the clothes right or whatever, she'd make comments about how I looked masculine. It took me a long time to understand that I can be butch. Because take the trans away, I'm just a girl. Mm -hmm. And girls are allowed to be butch. Girls are allowed to have shaved hair or whatnot. Like, my hair is shaved on the sides and back, long on top. Mm -hmm. You know? Samesies, twinning. Yeah, it's it's liberating. And so people trying to assert that control made it hard. And it, it, it made me feel like an imposter for the longest time. Because even after transitioning and taking hormones, I didn't feel like I belonged in the community. It's been hard. It's definitely been hard trying to move past all that. Yeah, I hope that answers it. So, well, you, you said something I was kind of, I, I figured you would say, because I would just imagine it would, you know, lead someone to feel like an imposter. I would imagine that a lot of people who listen to this 
are not necessarily also trans, but do struggle with some sort of imposter syndrome, if you will. Um, but I can only imagine in your life that it's just amplified by a million, obviously, given the fact that, you know, the people who were responsible for raising you didn't want to accept you as who you actually are. Yeah. They made me feel like who I was was wrong for over 15 years. My dad was, you know, came around pretty easily, but, you know, it's... People would be pretty surprised how strong of an influence your mom can be in your life. And the fact that it took me threatening to take away my kid from her to get her to accept me showed me that she didn't accept me for me. She accepted me so she wouldn't lose her grandkid. And that makes it worse, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. That's, that's, that's like a, okay, well, do you really accept me? You know? Um, and with the imposter side, too, actually, it's funny. Um, a very dear friend of mine uh, and I were talking about this, about how dysphoria and imposter syndrome can kick in in the oddest times. If you're in the bathroom, did I just tear that toilet paper off too loud? Was that too masculine? Did I flush the toilet too masculine? Did I do this? Did I do that? Like, you feel like an imposter. It's so hard to move past. Because, like, I, so I'm stealth in the world. Um, nobody in my work knows that I'm trans. Um, nobody outside my friend group knows that I'm trans. They just think I'm a cis woman. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd prefer it that way. Right. And I'm lucky in the sense that I'm small. I'm 5'3". I've got small feet. I've got tiny hands. Like, I got lucky in that sense. But I still feel like an imposter in so many places. So, for you, and how it feels like, like you said, only really close friends know you're trans. Is this some, like... In a way, does it make it feel easier or is it because of that dysphoric and imposterness? What do you mean? Like, do you, I mean, you know, um, LGBTQ, being part of that community, you know, some people are very open about it because they are like, hey, this is what I am. So accept it or not. And I mean, I get, like, I totally get if you want to have that private side of your life and only let certain people in that deserve it? Or, like, is it just easier not telling people, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a trans woman? I think it's a lot, like, in, in like, the public eye, like, out person to person, um, I think it's a lot easier not telling people, mainly because of what I talked about earlier, the trans panic thing. Oh, yeah, that could be really dangerous. You're right. Yeah. So So one of the few things that gives me like a gender euphoria is wearing push-up bras because I have tits. (laughs) I have good tits. It's one of the few things I like about my my body. And I like my cleavage. It's for me, not anybody else. 
Hell yeah. But imagine if you have some hyper, you know, toxic masculinity guy, some misogynistic fuck who sees this short native girl with great tits. And then she goes, oh, yeah, but I'm trans. And in his mind, that means, oh, yeah, I'm a dude. Even though it's not correct. Right. In his mind, that's what it's going to be. How is that going to pan out? A lot yeah. of women out there don't care. And kudos to them. I They are my role models. I look up to those trans women who can be out and proud like that. Um, but not me. I'm I'm too terrified. Especially being trans and being a person of color. And uh, then my next question is, is part of that fear, like you said, with the way the laws are, if the laws were different, if people of color were more protected by the government and people were held more accountable for their fear-based like rage because they can't, they're like, oh, trans person, let me kill them. If that was taken care of by the government, do you think you'd feel safer being you? No. Okay. No, because that, that hate's always going to be there. If it was always like that, I couldn't tell you because I, I can't imagine a world like That's that. That's true. But as of now, you know, I mean, look at the big stink there was about, you know, trans women in the bathrooms. All of these right-wing conservatives were freaking out, you know spreading the, the bullshit propaganda that trans women are just men in dresses, you know, that we were going to assault people. And that that was hard to go through, especially being stealth and being at work and hearing people talk about trans women and how they would gladly shoot them or beat them if they ever found out that, you know, trans woman went into the women's bathroom oh and not being God. able to say anything. There's a lot of reason a lot of women go stealth if they're able to. Um, this is really an enlightening episode, and I really think that it was important. And I think you have a lot of courage talking about it, especially with everything you said because it's so true i mean like it's it's no doubt that there's these ill-educated people with the power to create this fear-driven society and you have to live in an abusive home just to like graduate and become yourself in like an abusive society pretty much that's hard um so you were able to transition and get past a lot of that in some ways and still be you uh what what made you have like what kept you strong what gave you strength to see that next day, to see that next doctor, to do it? Um, I couldn't tell you. I honestly, I don't know. 
because I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I, I struggle with a lot of self-esteem issues, too. With with my image. With my passing. Um, so I I don't really know what kept me going. I think getting mammed in public helped. It was kind of a little bit of fuel, a little bit of, oh, I guess I'm passing enough to be mammed. So I guess I can keep going. You think maybe you're just naturally perseverant too? I think so. I I could be. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Well, you made it through, and you, and you got I, here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. <laughs> I, I'm almost 30. I turned 30 in February. I didn't expect to make it this far. Hell yeah, girl, you did it. I, I didn't expect to live this long. And if you would have told me 10 years ago, hey, 10 years from now, you're going to be a lot more comfortable in your body than you think. You're going to have fantastic tits, all natural, <laughs> you know, and you're going to have, you know, partners who are loving. I think I would have called you crazy, mm-hmm. you know, because I think one of the biggest, one of the hardest things that's made it like difficult to go from day to day is my mom. The reason I say this is because. When I was five months on hormones, I got a photo shoot done for my 23rd birthday. And it was my first photo shoot as me, as a girl. I remember being nervous. A friend did my makeup, professional makeup. Um, I took my guitar, you know, and I did this photo shoot. And the pictures came in, and they looked awesome. Like, I, I felt fucking gorgeous. I was like, oh my god, look at this. Like, that's me. And then I made the mistake of showing them to my mom. And for any of you listening who has a narcissistic mother who is also trans, you're going to understand this completely. She proceeded to point out every masculine aspect of every photo. Your hands are big in this one. Your shoulders look too big in this one. Oh, is that five o'clock shadow that I see? And in my experience, when you take somebody who's at their peak and you knock them down, it's hard for them to get back up. And that made it hard for me to move on and find who I was and be comfortable with who I was. I've struggled with that ever since, with feeling pretty, feeling attractive. I guess that's a tip I will throw in right now for the listeners. If you have anyone, any trans woman friend that is transitioning, you know, that's close to you, first off, Find out what affirmations they like. Do they like being called pretty, beautiful? Just reaffirm over and over how good they look. Because otherwise this can happen like what I have. And I, I, don't, I don't want it to be, you know, I don't say any of this for, uh, for sympathy, you know. I'm slowly working through it. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the hardest things for me. And one of the things that made it hard to go on day to day to day. I mean, it sounds like she'd been priming you also for quite some time. I mean, you mentioned that 
you know, she had this image of you as a man of God. And since you had been talking about it and asking about it, it seems like all she kept doing your entire life was point that out to you because that's what she wanted you to be. And, you know, it sucks because everyone's words have so much power, especially a mother, and they plant these seeds and, you know, it can be venomous, especially when it's the projection of what they want leaving on you. Yep, it can be. Living through their kids can be very damaging, especially if their kid is trans. I have so many trans friends where their parents try to live through them. You know, trans guy friends, female to male, where their parents will go, oh, well, I expected you us to you know, give us kids and you were going to be a great wife to somebody. Ugh. Or trans women. Oh, you're supposed to be, you know, a good husband and you're supposed to do this. And uh, it makes us feel like shit. Yeah. You know, like, no, fuck you guys. Like, any parents that are listening to this right now, if your kid is going through gender issues, don't make it about you. It is not about you. It is about them. They know best. And if you're sitting here worrying that they're going to make a mistake, let them make that mistake. They can detransition in the future. They can stop taking hormones. But they know their body the best. You know, like it's, you don't have, that kid was not born to serve you. And you should let them live out their life the way they sh they want to. Otherwise, you'll get what I am. <laughs> or a lot of my friends. People who absolutely hate our moms. It's fun. You should try it. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would not recommend it. But there's cookies. <laughs> um, so part of your struggles is also, as you mentioned before, dysphoria, right? Um, mm -hmm. For anyone that doesn't really know or understand, could you explain a little bit about that? I'm going to I'm going to explain what it's like for me and mm -hmm. for anyone listening understand that this might be different for other people for other trans people or non-binary but for me my facial hair I'm getting laser done right now um but especially when you know I've gone a few days without shaving and it's you can see it and whatnot the dysphoria is just like a gut clenching feeling that's not supposed to be there. It's it's like a, a, a punch in the stomach. Like a reverse affirmation. You know, a bad one. Of, hey, look, this just proves that you're still a guy. Type of thing. Dysphoria lies to you. And dysphoria will make you see every masculine thing about yourself. Even if there aren't any, it will point it out. Um, mm -hmm. Case in point, there have been some um, interviews with some trans models, absolutely dropped at gorgeous women. 
and they talk about their own dysphoria and how when it kicks in, they don't see any beauty within themselves. They just see a guy. That's it. That's what dysphoria is. And a lot of, I'm not going to say every trans person experiences it because not everyone does. Those that don't experience it are just as valid. Um, but it's it's still definitely a real thing for those of us that do. So if you have anybody close to you that's having a dysphoric day, find out what you can do for them. You know, baggy clothing, stuff like that. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a reverse Uno card on the affirmation side. That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> reverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you know, people, oh, affirmations are good. Reverse Uno. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so, uh, and understand yeah. that dysphoria can also be completely illogical in your eyes. We, as trans people, we can justify it however we want. Mm -hmm. I can come up with a, like a, a, a list of things that justify why I look like a guy. And they may be utterly stupid and out of this world to you or to anyone else listening. But in that moment of dysphoria, guess what? It, it's true to me. Mm -hmm. So patience, understanding. And for everyone, like you said, that's just how many of your friends and you feel about it. And everyone's going to, you know experience it a little different mm -hmm. all right um i had another question so you mentioned your mom dead names you sometimes and uh so clearly you've changed your name at some point and how did that feel like bringing to life that part of you was it liberating um did it really, like, help you along? And, um, yeah. It felt weird. It still feels weird. <laughs> um, especially with my mom dead naming me, she had hammered it into my head that any girl name that I'm going to have is going to sound weird. So even changing my name and all of that, like... It still feels weird in a sense, but it, it, it did feel good. Mm. Um, it felt good to get it changed on my license. I remember being so happy. Uh, I There was a period, like three years, that I'd gone without hearing my dead name. Um, mainly because I wouldn't call my mom often. <laughs> so, but like, That's a good start. But when you do get dead named, it's like, it's, it's a punch in the chest. It sucks. Because it's a reminder it's a reminder that they don't see you as you. They see mm -hmm. you as how they want to see you. Pretty much it's a reminder that my identity doesn't matter to you. You don't respect it. Cool. Fuck you too, bro. Actually, um, I my sibling actually has a dead name. She decided to change her name um, before she left for high school. And my mother... Still dead names her every time they talk. 
let me guess, does she use the whole excuse of, it's just, God, I'm, I've known her this way for years. It's just so hard to change. Oh, no, no, no. It's more like, that's the name I gave her. That's what I'm calling her. Yeah. I know, right? Ugh, disgusting. Um, one of the best things I read was, your name is a gift. And sometimes, like, you know, your, your name is a gift. It's a present. And sometimes you grow out of those things. And if you need to move on, you move on. And that's okay. And mm -hmm. I really liked reading that because, you know, it's so true. Like, I actually never really liked my name either. And only recently I was like, hey, I mean, should I, should I did this name? Because it just feels weird. It doesn't feel like me. And I'm sure, like, there is that part that's like, uh, it's a little, it's a little strange. I've been going by this, I like, identity this my whole life. Right. Through, like, I've never gone by my birth name ever, actually. Well, never. like they named you to be your nickname? <laughs> I, I feel more like my nicknames than I've ever felt like my birth name. So so your birth name almost sounds like feels like a dead name. Yes, exactly. That, exactly. that, that kind of like, that's not me. Why are you calling me that? Yep. Do mm -hmm. your parents call you by that? I Well... <laughs> if I really talked to either of them um my mom doesn't really even call me by my birth name weirdly and neither did my dad I guess when I talked to him it's, I mean it's been on like a long time so yeah I don't know <laughs> it's, it's been a while guys I don't really remember what that's like yeah <laughs> I forgot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Names are interesting. Names um, are, and, and I I want to point out this too, like for you guys and for anybody else listening, like don't be afraid to play with your name, yo. Like if you want to be called something different, honestly, what is stopping you? Like when I changed my name legally, I went by that name for a while and then I changed it again to Sky. My legal name is still my old one. It's still, you know, a girl's name. But, like, I go by Sky now because it feels different. So I've changed it twice. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid to do it, yo. Like, Hell yeah. Don't let society tell you you need to be one way or the other. Do what feels right. Yeah, and if you want to change it to, you know, to um, some odd name or whatever, fucking do it up. Literally, what's stopping you besides possible years of trauma? <laughs> but hey what's stopping you uh so what drew you to sky because it's i personally when i encountered you i was like that's a dope name and i love it and i think it's amazing and i actually um have thought about using it for other things in my life um you know, I'm kind of a nerd, so like video games and maybe pets in my future. Um, what drew you to it? What made you feel connected to it? I don't know. I just, you know, the name kept bouncing around in my head and I was like, you know what? I don't really want to go by this other name, which I'm definitely not going to say on the air. <laughs> I don't want people to find me that way. Oh, true. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. I don't care if they find my Facebook, but you kind of understand where I'm going at. 
Um, but like, it just kept bouncing around my head. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give that a try. And I did. It felt weird. I felt uh, like an imposter again. I struggle with that, if you can't tell. But then now it's just like, yeah, now if I get called my my legal name, I'm like, wait, who the fuck is that bitch? Oh, that's, that's me. Holy <laughs> fuck. Right. My bad. Well, you know, even all those moments you have that imposter syndrome, I just want to tell you, Sky, you did it. You made the changes that felt right for you. You did it. Congratulations, girl. You're here. You're amazing. You're a wonderful woman standing up, talking about all the stuff that ain't right and working through it. You're amazing. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and I, I, I want to say, unfortunately, my story is not unique. In the sense that it, you know, it, it happens a lot more than people think. Uh, yeah. And if, if I can actually say real quick, though, you know, there's this portion, the, you know, encouragement here. I want to say for anyone listening that is either questioning your gender, transitioning in the closet, whatever. I want you guys, you all to know that you are valid. Okay. You matter. And you're going to make it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be gritty. But you can do it. Okay. Whether you're um, a trans woman, trans guy, non-binary, NB, it doesn't matter. You guys are all valid in my eyes. Um, and don't ever be afraid to reach out to help. There's multiple groups out there that are very helpful. Uh, multiple hotlines that are very helpful. Uh, you you're you're not alone it may feel like you're alone i felt like i was alone but you're not there's a lot bigger of a world out there with people just like you than you realize and don't let anybody dictate what you can and can't be if you're a trans woman but you're comfortable completely comfortable with Wearing your facial hair and makeup and all that. Fuck yeah, girl. You do you. If you're a trans guy and you still want to wear your dresses and you want to, you know, be be a pretty boy. Fuck. Do you, bro. Like, don't let anybody tell you that you can't be anything otherwise. I've been mm -hmm. there and it sucks balls. I don't know why I said that very New Yorker. Like... <laughs> Hey, it sucks balls, you know what hey, I mean? it fucking sucks balls, you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, I was walking down the street. They told me, like, hey, you can't do this. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man, this sucks. It sucks balls. God damn. <laughs> what do you mean I can't be who I want to be? The fuck you mean? I want to wear this dress right here. The fuck's wrong with you? Huh? I want to wear my lipstick and grow my beard out. What the fuck is your Just problem? Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> I want to fucking, you know what? I'll go wear my fucking lipstick down the street. Fuck you. That's the, yeah. Go eat my you hot eat dog. My All right. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> and, and a hot dog. <laughs> Put some mustard on that. <laughs>
<laughs> that's right. Stick that between your buns, you fucking asshole. God damn. Now, if you excuse me, I got a fucking appointment with my hairdresser down the street, all right? God damn. <laughs> you know some fucking like New Yorkers are gonna listen to this and go, What is should I be Damn, mad? That was my I morning laugh? commute. <laughs> <laughs> Just another day in the city. Just another day in New York. Um. Yeah. This this entire episode is just. Yeah, it's kind of my story. Yay. Um. But also to show the listeners how hard it can be for those of us who are trans. It's it's not easy. It's not fun. It's expensive. There's a lot of social stuff that comes along with it. A lot of possible rejection. Mm-hmm. A lot of possible being hurt, killed. Um, let's say for some reason if I was to be arrested tomorrow and they did a pat down and they found out that I'm still pre-op. I would be housed in a men's jail. Oof. Being trans is not fun. And before anybody tries to shoot us any messages with the stupid biology thing, the whole XYXX, any of that bullshit, um, look up, well, look up some Bill Nye. Bill Nye the Science Guy did some stuff on it, along with some other scientists. And do your research before you come at us. Try to understand and try to understand that your little basic high school biology bullshit isn't going to change the fact that I'm trans. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, oh, man. Oh, you. you, Yeah, you're right. Oh, fuck. I can take these boobs off now. Fuck. Yeah. Thanks a lot, bro. Fuck. You, you cracked the case. <laughs> you, you fucking did it, buddy. Hey, good job. Put some fucking mustard on that. <laughs> I was actually talking about you just mentioned X X Y, and my friend who is going to school to be a doctor of sorts. She and I were discussing that we agree on a scientific level that gender and sexuality are fluid, because clearly gender is just a more of like a social construct. Really, I mean, like, everything we base it on is just stereotype. Like. Um, Western uh, gender, yes. Yes, right. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's part of culture. So it's, gender is, can be cultural and stereotypical in that way, at least definitely in our culture, um, where X and Y come down to your sex or rather your genetic makeup doesn't have anything to do with your gender or with your orientation they're separate they are separato things separato (laughs) no and it's it's bullshit that people try to trip it down to that too because even now like there's been a movement that's been growing within the trans community where we're trying to get people to understand that even sex doesn't determine anything because there are a lot of non-op trans women who they don't want to get surgery they're completely fine with the equipment they have and they're just as much of a woman as you or i 
Like, mm-hmm. just because they have, you know, penis doesn't mean anything. And same with some trans guys. Some trans guys, like, there's this one um, that was on Liz- Lizzie the Lezzie. You know, he, he's been on T. He got top surgery. He's got a, you know, good beard. And he just had um, a child. He just got pregnant and, and, and had a child. People were freaking out trying to wrap their head around it. And it's like, why, bro? Like, he can have a kid. What's so wrong with that? Like, Western gender focuses on stereotypes, like you were just saying. And then you have other cultures, like Native cultures, where Two-Spirit and all these other genders have been a part of our, our culture for thousands of years. Like, this isn't a new thing. I don't understand why people think it's a new thing. It ain't, bro. Right. It never has been a new thing. It just suddenly emerged. I was talking to another friend of mine who um, is, like, going for their master's in biological studies and stuff. Um, And they were saying in their, uh, like, G... Uh, what is the one with genes? <laughs> they were Chromosomes. talking about genes in their class, and they were like, "Yeah, over two hundred thousand years ago, the like hetero gene like died off. Like, no one is completely straight. Which I mean, in 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 gender terms, like that means no one's completely one way or another e- either. I mean." Hello. Well, it's hap- it's been happening for hundreds and thousands of years. I mean, I, I, I that sounds so <laughs> ominous though. 200,000 years ago. I know, the heterogene died off. <laughs> Collective gas everyone's like, "What?" I I'm probably using the wrong terms. The, ro- Mutated are, are, are maybe? You, are you saying I'm the gay? <laughs> you, you, you might be the gay. Everyone's gay. Bloody hell! No, that actually kind of reminds me of this uh, story I saw. This it was on Reddit. It was so cute. This guy was like, "I want to put it out there. I've been straight my entire life, but I just met this guy, and I think I'm falling in love with him." And like, it was just talking about how like he wanted to be around him more. He was getting like physically aroused by him and wanted to spend time with him and what you know and they, they eventually like ended up dating it was super cute Aww. but like sexuality is not one way or the other like this dude has never had a gay thought in his life and then he fell for another guy love is love why do you think we say that love is love love it's like that fucking that meme with uh the guy from the incredibles math is math love is love love <laughs> is love yes that's a great meme i need to make this a thing yes well i'm we'll sorry y'all on once Instagram. this episode comes out that's already gonna be a meme so yeah perfect do you have any other questions to ask i told you i'm bad with questions guys. <laughs> Tess is hiding God, all in the back the spot no i think honestly that we've covered a lot Hell yeah. I've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm I'm bad with questions. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the one in class where the teacher was like, "Why doesn't anyone answer?" <laughs> and like call on the quiet kid who never raises their hand. Were you that person? <laughs> well, I I don't want to be like I was a know-it-all, but like a lot of the time I just like didn't have questions. I don't know because I'm like the type that just like I listen and I I'm. I'm pretty much able to like I guess come up with answers to any questions I might have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you're like that quiet observer in the corner. That's basically me. Yeah. Just like, "Hey, who's that kid?" Yeah, we don't talk to her. She's uh <laughs> You would be like in the movies, you would be like that one person where like in the dark corner with like a cigar pipe and when you like take a like a hit on it, it lights up and shows your eyes. Yeah, we don't talk to her at all, you know. That's you. She just listens. We talk. And eats her ramen. <laughs> I took a few slurps in the background. <laughs> I know, I saw you mute your, your mic a few times, and I was like, hey. <laughs> oh, now it's going on. No, actually, um, so growing up... Um, well, in, in high school, I had, I mean, I had a few friends who were gay, lesbian, and then introduced me to um, a friend who was a trans woman. So I ended up learning a lot about, I guess, you know, things that we've talked about today through her and just getting to know her. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. But I feel like I've, I think that she had a bit more, I guess... I want to say, like, support from her family, it seemed like. No, and that's good. So that's this awesome. has been, I was going to say, this has been just very enlightening to see kind of how, you know, people with our upbringing, if you will, experience these types of situations. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have people who support you. Good it point, is. actually. You just reminded me, Sky, you were homeschooled until like seventh or eighth grade. Seventh grade, yeah. Seventh grade was, was my first uh year in public school. So were you like when you were homeschooled, were you allowed to like hang out with people? Did you have like friends? Um, kind of. Like, so <sighs> my older sister, you know, their their blood child my adopted sister she she was the golden child so like i'm pretty sure if she, like i'm i'm thoroughly convinced that if she would have came out as trans like a trans guy they would have let her transition because like everything oh. that i tried to do i couldn't but she could so like friends no i wasn't really allowed to have them i was allowed to have a couple of friends and that was I was so, an right. awkward little I mean, fuck. You just didn't even have like any kind of support, especially at that time. And I feel like that's a really pinnacle time to have really close friends that you need to let that shit out with. Yeah, well, and I didn't know how to let it out either. Uh, I think the first person I told was my girlfriend when I was 16. Um... And then I think that was it. 
and she went and told one of my teachers, and I never told anybody again. Wow. That teacher was bomb as fuck, though. Hell yeah. Like, Miss Smith, if you're listening to this shit, fuck yeah. I'm gonna grab a drink with you when I get to Spokane. <laughs> she was bomb well, as fuck. I'm glad you did get to have good teachers, at least, even you clearly couldn't trust some of your friends with your private information. So from 16 to 23 or about in your 20s, you really 22. 22, you didn't really talk about it. Wow, that's a lot. And look at you now. You're 29, getting it all out on the table. Yeah, you're telling us your story. Look at that. Yeah, well, I mean, because like my my ex, um, (laughs) we're just going to say ex-husband. We both transitioned. Um, but he, he was supportive, uh, before my transition, he still did his best to call me beautiful and all that. Even before I was on hormones, grew my hair out. Yeah. He was such a sweetheart. Uh, we, we were a straight couple when we got married and we were a straight couple when we got divorced. So, Hey, (laughs) we're both trans. So. Wow. It's like you guys had something in common. I know, and it feels weird to say ex-husband now. So, if you guys, anybody that's listening, if you're trans, if you're part of the LGBTQ spectrum, if you're questioning your gender, if you're anything, feel free to shoot us an email. Um, I am enough the podcast at gmail.com, or go take a look at our, our Facebook. Uh, we have a page, I am enough the podcast, or our Instagram as well. Shoot us a message, let us know your stories, or if you need help. Um, I can help you, or I'm sure Sarah or Tess would be more than happy to try and help. Hey, hey. Um, and we would love to hear everyone's stories. If you're stuck, if you feel like you're stuck and you don't know where to go, let us know. We'll do our best to help you, do our best to give you resources, or just give you a hug and a nice cup of tea and tell you it's going to be okay. Yee. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> uh i know sarah normally does this but hey positivity drop what has happened this week or it's actually only tuesday so in the past week what has been good in your guys's lives how's house purchasing been going you go first tess oh gosh we're like finally wrapping this up so <laughs> we're supposed to close we were supposed to close on thursday um the lender goofed with the appraisal on this house and didn't order it on time so we had to push back our closing a few days but it's looking like it's gonna be like early next week um because they're supposed to get the appraisal back tonight so i should know tomorrow fingers crossed so but just being almost done with this process i cannot wait being an adult is so exhausting dude (laughs) i know right so over it where's my crayola and choco milk (laughs) (laughs) i just have ramen to slurp over here (laughs) i've i've got marco's pizza sitting on the stove and i've been sitting here like really want that I ate a bunch of General Zhao's chicken before I got on here. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What's been going on in your life? 
Um, let's see. My highlight. Oh, my highlight. Oh, my God. My best friend is coming to visit me tomorrow. And like I said earlier, she's been going to school to become a doctor. And she's just been slammed with schoolwork. So our time together has been limited, but she's making a special trip just to spend time with just me. And I couldn't be happier. I'm really excited. She's coming tomorrow evening. Awesome. That's exciting. And you, Miss Guy? Um, I am flying out to see my dad on Thursday and also just go home. I haven't been back to Spokane in two years, so I get to go home for five days and just see friends and um just see my hometown. I'm I'm very happy with that. Aww, oh, and God. I got my glasses back. I finally have glasses again. I really want glasses again because I think I'm getting a serious wrinkle on my <laughs> between my eyes because I think it's from squinting all the time. You need glasses. <laughs> uh, so lens crafters yeah. is $139 for my exam and then half off coupon $244 for my glasses. Okay, you, you might be sad at this. I paid $88 for two pairs of glasses. Do you buy them on the internet? Uh, this was on the internets. Yay. On the interwebs? And the no internet. insurance. What oh, the crap? Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't even I don't even think my poor people insurance covers eye care. I'm I, I'm just gonna go get an exam and order some interweebs glasses. I need some interweebs. I got some uh, some cheap websites for you. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Which, you know, le legality, I don't think we could drop those on the air. I know. I was about to say that. But sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we cannot stop anybody from messaging us. Hey, hey. Wait, so wait. No, we cannot like condone some it. some cheap glasses, uh, send us a message at uh, I am enough. The, the, the podcast. podcast. At gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com. Com. Awesome. <laughs> and everyone, don't forget, tell yourself in the morning when you get up in the mirror before you go to bed, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Episode four, guys, done. God, you always have that giggle at the end, Sarah. <laughs> we did it. It's another one in the books, y'all. Craig, Craig, stop. Only Craig was like Alexa. Hey everybody, it's Sky again. Just want to end this episode with a thank you for listening. Um, and also to drop a few resources for you guys. Uh, there is a trans lifeline for anybody who might be questioning their gender, anyone struggling or whatnot. Their phone number is 877-565-8860. Or you can go to translifeline.org. Or again, you can shoot us an email. We can give you a hand. But please remember that you are not alone and that you are enough. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next time.